Welcome to Mystery Outsiders and Apps. I'm Kevin Weir. I'm Aaron Weir, and this is a teen Halloween cast. Yes, Halloween has come in June. Uh, because it doesn't matter. It, it is the, fine. the show it's, doesn't care anymore. Well, I mean, no, it's fine. Their school they did start in September. Like we knew this entire time it was September, and now it's December thirtieth. December thirtieth, so, huh? Sorry, now it's October thirtieth. Is we it know. October thirtieth or October thirty first? They said Fish. twenty. They said twenty. The first episode was 29th, and then I guess a day went by, and then it became the thirty first. Yeah, th- two well, two sh- days passed in this episode. Shockingly, on Riverdale. Time was fuzzy, yeah. even when they told us the time frame. I mean, it confirms that this was two days. At the beginning, Jughead will literally be like, it's October 29th. And 1955. Then en- and then we end with uh, with Halloween. So, A, it gives us a very strict timeline. It's about what I thought it was, honestly. That's true. We did think it was a, just I, over a month. I felt like there was a month break in there with the Ray, with the Rayberry stuff. Anyway, that's actually not important here. Uh, what I was thinking is that this episode, I feel like, skirts over to the good side of Campy. It's a bit Sam Raimi with the way that they shot it. Mm. And it's very fun in those ways. Some very fun stuff here. As with everything, the problem with the show always exists in the fact that there are former episodes and I don't just this time I don't just mean other than season seven I mean even just thinking about the last couple of episodes oh yeah within season seven a lot of the things that are happening here don't make sense we still still think about that tonal whiplash between episodes but what's fun is our characters get to wear costumes and there is nothing I love more than an episode of TV where characters get to wear Halloween costumes I I think it's so fun to figure out it is like what they're gonna dress up as I thought they'd be more because the show is so referential I thought they'd be more referential Mm. and they're not they're all just sort of like vague things we'll get to that when we actually see their costumes it's true yeah but they're just sort of like vague stuff I mean some of them I mean one of them has a specific has a very specific no they're they're on brand I just mean they're not people like I oh, thought, they, I thought they would all be references to things from the fifties, and they're not. Unless we're too dumb to know the fifties. I. They should be better than it no, is. Not, this is not on us. No, no, we are adults. No, no, they're they're far too vague. They're far too vague. If they are references to something, they are far too vague. We'll get to that when the costumes come up. But I thought this episode had some really good, uh, campy stuff. It's very Sam Raimi horror things going on. Fun. Yeah. Not once again confusing. You know, we both watched this episode at like twelve thirty a.m. Mm-hmm. and it did captivate my attention. Yeah, we were sleepy then, but we're not sleepy now because this is Riverdale season seven, episode eleven, Halloween. Howl-o-ween. 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 You might be wondering, hey, there's another episode of Riverdale called Halloween. This is H-O-W-L-O-W-E-E-N, and it comes up once. Yeah, it's, it's howl. <laughs> the reason. Like why. howling. Yeah. O-ween. Maybe it's just because the show makes me angry constantly, because I shouldn't be this upset about it. But why <laughs> were there not hyphens in this name? It and would make it easier to say. <laughs> it, but honestly, it doesn't matter. Uh, no, we, Kevin, it does matter. I'm an actor and I care about punctuation. Cool. Um, we begin with Jughead being a bit unreasonably mean. <laughs> he, he calls that lady. 
He's like, oh, well, thanks to the information from that crazy cat lady. I'm like, she's a woman with one cat. Yeah, she has one cat, <laughs> and she gave you extremely important information. What? <laughs> what? There's nothing about her that indicates she's even a stereotype of a crazy cat lady. You just, She's right. She's correct. Yeah, she is a woman <laughs> with a cat who heard a milkman. She's a dignified older lady with a cat, Jughead. Anyway, so he goes and tries to tell Keller about this milkman killer. And Keller's like, there is literally no evidence about about that whatsoever. Here's what I want to say. They really made Keller into a sucky 50 sheriff. Because I understand, yeah, this doesn't say anything about Ray Barry. It's some woman saying she heard the clinking of glasses, of like, like glasses, thought it was a milkman. That's not much anything else. And they're like, oh, we closed the Ray Barry case. It was a suicide. Ethel's case is still open, though. And Ethel, like, like at the is very, at the, on the record is saying it was a milkman. And at the very least, I know it's, this may not be a lead for the Rayberry case. At the very least, this should be the slightest amount of a lead for the Ethel case. Because there is a link there. To, like, a, there is a milkman. It is very... You could go to the old milkman guy and be like, hey... Did you deliver milk last night to, or um, on this night to this apartment building? And then when he says no. Hey, maybe something's happening there. But they just make Keller into, like, the worst, lazy, like, sh- like pile sheriff. Like, it's like <laughs> Keller has never been a great sheriff. He's, but he's all, but the thing about him is that his, his not greatness has never been from, I am too lazy to do my job. That's true. And this time he is like, oh, he, feel, he right always feels there. like he's too lazy to do his job. They had turned him into, is it Oscar Pyle? Oh, from Mayberry? May, yeah, I think so. That's it. What, whatever. Yeah, the, yeah. 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 Or the, um, that show with the fishing thing at the beginning. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but the, yeah, they turned him into that kind of sheriff. So, but so he's not going to figure that out. But thankfully, Jughead's on the case. But before Jughead gets out on the case, Sheriff Keller's like, hey, don't get on the case. And also, don't forget the ban. Halloween is for kids, not for teenagers. It is, it is weird he brought this up to Jughead off of nothing. He's just like, by the way, I just remembered it is Halloween, so don't do anything reckless. And Jughead's like, I live in a train car. Okay. But you know who is going to do something reckless? Everyone else. Yeah, but specifically <laughs> Veronica is going to wear, I'm sorry, I don't care if it's Halloween or not, any 1950s teen is getting expelled from high school for wearing what she wore to school. Well, yeah, because, like, when I said things are just vague, I know what her thing is kind of a reference to, though to be fair, I do not know if this is a classic reference or if this is a modern retro reference, because mm. um, she's a pinup witch. Yeah. She's like, a, she like she looks like... I can, I can, in my head, picture a poster with, like, a witch on it dressed exactly like her. Um, so she's dressed like, because, keep it by, as much as we're like, a pinup, that was a form of pornography. And yeah, she wears a she, pornographic outfit to school. Yeah. Her all, she's wearing a strapless dress, and she's mm-hmm. worn lots of strapless dresses to school, but usually she has a tie over it. Yeah. No tie this time. No. It's slit up to here. When I say here, I mean her no, hip it's, bone. It, it's not. Is it just open? It's not slit, Aaron. It is a, is a, it, she's wearing a, like a, like a Playboy bunny singlet with fishnet leggings. But she has a skirt, a no, half skirt. No, no. Oh, no. She has like a flowing thing behind yeah. her. Yeah. But it's yeah, it, I, it's like a high low skirt, but the high. I mean, I, mean, I wouldn't like like I would almost say it is a sash. 
Because a skirt, I've, to me, a skirt implies like some form of coverage. The back's covered. You can't see your bum. So it's like half a cape, but the cape begins at the waist. There's, I'm sure there's a name for that. She's also wearing black lipstick, and yeah. I just like refuse to exist, or I refuse to believe that like easily exists in a way that a teen in Riverdale can get it. Oh, I mean, I believe that she brought that from L.A. Oh, touche. Yeah. Um, anyway, she's shocked because no one else at school is dressed up. Yeah, yeah. And that's when she learns the truth about Riverdale. And the truth about Riverdale is that it is the town from Footloose. But like, with Halloween. Legit. It is. So on Halloween several years ago, two bulldogs and two vixens went wild in and they drove their car off a bridge and died in a car accident. And then presumably one of their preacher fathers was like ah oh, no more halloween in beaumont it's legitimately do you, do you think when veronica left uh la and she was hanging and dancing with her friends like all the ones she keeps name dropping yeah and she they're like hey veronica where are you gonna do now and she's like well i'm moving to to riverdale and they're like, and they're like riverdale where, where the, the heck is, is riverdale, riverdale? Uh, I think that's exactly what happened. The only thing that upsets me the most from this is that it is undeniably Footloose, and it is not Footloose. There will be no... There's no preacher father. This is not Veronica trying to bring Halloween back to the town. She does, like, a, a fun loophole, but she, like... Doesn't bring Halloween back to the, back to the town. She so, doesn't try to show how it's fun. No, I mean she, she doesn't bring an authority figure over to her side. Yeah, like like because even the teens are of the mind. No, we know Halloween is fun. We just don't want to get in trouble. Yeah. It's not like Footloose where the, even the teens were like, mm, oh, no. we don't dance. Oh, we don't dance in town. And uh, they learn to dance. <laughs> I love also the middle of the scene where they where it's like it's like well shooting. They forgot that Reggie wasn't from Riverdale. <laughs> Technically, it is a plot line, so I guess they didn't forget while shooting. But we suddenly cut to Reggie, who's like, uh, and in Duck Creek, we just didn't do River uh, do Halloween. We, we had to work on a farm, so no time for parties. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, because he's from a different town, so you wouldn't have this weird footloose <laughs> rule. Um, but Veronica loves Halloween. It's like for her a mix of spiritual and just family yeah. reasons. It's super important to her that you celebrate, you have fun, and you also honor the dead. Yeah. So for she's for it seems sounds like her family has com- has actually combined Halloween and Day of the Dead. Yeah. Uh, which are close, but I. Always when it says people are not the same, not the same holiday. Well, what she always explains is they do Halloween things and then it's midnight. And then it's then it's only the day and then of the it's dead. The day of the dead. Yeah. And you know they do a lot of traditional things. Yeah. Um. Anyway, this is interrupted. Well, I, I love this because it's not interrupted. The camera decides it's done with Veronica. <laughs> she is still talking, and the camera goes, "Oh, Jughead." <laughs> well, she's like she's in the middle of a conversation she's in the middle of a sentence but and she does kind of trigger she's like nothing else weird can happen in Riverdale well I know this is kind of kooky but whoa. <laughs> as it just pans over to Jughead coming in and then just losing his mind so Jughead notices everyone in the student union is drinking milk student union well it's not a cafeteria it's just a student room it's just a hangout room I think it's called the student union I it doesn't really matter um yeah <laughs> Because he earlier he like he dumped out his own milk. He just doesn't trust milk anymore. Uh, which is funny that he thinks the milk is poisoned, even though the the the, the, the mugs were torn apart and Rayberry hanged himself. Yeah, the milkman does not poison people, Jughead. He also <laughs> he, doesn't leave milk behind. He has great respect for milk. He would never poison milk. No, it, his, he his, loves milk. His sudden jump to clearly the milk is poisoned is 
uh, weird, but also hilarious as, like, he looks around the room and he's, like, snap zooms and, like, whip pans. It's like everyone's <laughs> drinking milk. And then he just smacks the milk out of poor Dilton's hand, like, across the room. And he's like, ah, don't drink milk. Drink powdered milk. <laughs> it's so good. Then he, like, leaves. And we get one quick shot where Veronica's like, is Jughead crazy? I'm not going to interrogate that. I broke up with him. I always thought she was going to. I wrote down the note. Will she do anything? And the answer is no. no. <laughs> so once again, this feels like a shot where they where I, there's no way they have they're shooting this one. There's no way they shot this one after the stuff from the episode after they broke up because it because there's because <laughs> we were complaining about like they're not even like we're responding to each other and they're like oh could we get a shot of Veronica being like Jughead? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, so this brings Jughead to calling Ethel. Yep, because he's just thinking about Milkman things. And Ethel's like, oh, my friend's calling me. I miss you so much. And I miss school. And my friend, I really, really miss you. And Jughead's like, cool, but Milkman. <laughs> he's like, what is the connection between your parents and Rayberry? And, and she's like, what? And Ethel's like, I, I, I don't know. Hey, maybe the writer of the <laughs> the comic knows something. I'm like, oh, Sure. I guess, yeah, it was a Milkman yeah. comic. I think she's just, like, trying to give Jughead literally anything else yeah. to focus on. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then she has to go because uh, Sister Woodhouse is waiting for her. Oh, Sister Woodhouse. The, you know, we haven't really interrogated yet hmm. that maybe would be worth taking a bit, like, a, a minute or two about. The sisters? No, the dead are back. Like, we just sort of accepted Hal is back. And oh, Midge is back. True. And Woodhouse is back. And Clifford is bla- is back. Clifford yes. Blossom. Um, was that Tabitha? Did she resurrect? No, notably, well, she, she except for Midge, she resurrected a lot of bad people. Didn't Jughead say in the first episode that like dead people were back? Yes, but, but he did say that Julian was Jason. Yeah, like I mean, yes, he, I he, because he knows of the future. He knows the dead are back. My concern is not that nobody's interrogating the dead are back, because no one knows the future. But we kind of, yeah, we well, know that Tabitha sent everyone back forward, created this 1950s. Why are all the dead serial killers back? Because it's a reset. It's a reset to the beginning of the story, but also it's the 1950s. So if you reset, you reset everything. That means the Sugar Man is somewhere, and Jingle Jangle might be popping up in the 1950s soon. The, the name works better in the 1950s. That being said, I said this, and then I remembered that all of the South Dale High yeah. kids, South Side High, there's, there's no more like other high rip- school. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's not it's, a complete reset. That's, yes, no, nothing. The, the problem is that when you look at this as if. If you look at this as an out of, like, hey, let's look at this as a TV show we were watching and we'd have done every single week. It makes sense. They want to bring back all these things. If you look at the concept of what is the in-world explanation for why this is happening, it falls apart so quickly. It is very odd to think that Tabitha created a world where Clifford, She brought back people that she's never even met. That she's maybe she has maybe never even heard of some of them. Like, like Clifford, I would be like... Why would she know Clifford at all? Because she's not friends with Cheryl. I, I understand she's a time traveler, blah, blah, blah. But what? <laughs> yeah, she never went to visit the Midnight Club. Yeah, the point is it's weird. So uh, 
Archie is worried because Reggie has like never had Halloween. He hasn't had any costumes. He hasn't had any of that stuff. He hasn't had any candy ever. Does Reggie even yeah. know what sugar is? Um, that doesn't matter. I'm gonna say right now, I don't care about that at all. What nope. I do care about is Betty because Betty watches two hot boys talk to each other <laughs> and loses her mind in a fantasy. Okay, so we have said for many, many seasons. Dark Betty was annoying because it never felt like it was real. They're like, oh, Dark Betty. Dark Betty. But she's never done anything else. I love horny Betty. (laughs) Because she's so sexually repressed. All she can do when she looks at boys is think about hooking up with them. I thought it was going to be like the horny Betty is turned on by everything. Thing was going to be a one episode thing. Um, It's not. (laughs) It's not. They they have done such a better job of... um, of creating the alter ego of horny Betty than they ever did of dark Betty. There's like, like it, the camera like zap, snap zooms in on her. And then she like fantasizes about making out with both Reggie and Archie at the same time. And then like snap zooms back out as Archie's like, Hey Betty, want to, what are we going to do for Halloween? Hey Betty, should we, should we give Reggie a really good Halloween? Like but, classic <laughs> Halloween things? Betty's like, yes, we'll go to a graveyard where it's alone. Well, it's just us. So we'll go trick-or-treating, but then the alone graveyard, and then necking in a haunted house. Did she say necking? Yeah. Oh, no, but she's just making, like, these are the things about... Because she doesn't say, we're going to do that. She says, well, these are the things you do on Halloween. You trick-or-treat. You go to a graveyard. You neck in a haunted house. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Betty knows what she's doing. Oh, no, she knows what she's doing. Um, She is horny Betty. <laughs> uh, so we're going to with Veronica, and Veronica is... You know, she's like, hey, we got to have Halloween. So she decides, essentially in this moment, because she's looking at, like, a, a poster of the past, doing a ghost show. Ooh. Ooh. And she'll explain this to us, because as she lives in her new home, yeah. her movie theater, she hears some spooky noises in the projection room. Yeah. This is what I mean by this hits, like, just the right size of campy. Like, it, like this episode thematically hits gothic and, like, that Sam Raimi stuff real good. Because she hears a sound, and, and she says out loud, the projection room at this hour any other episode i'd be like what are why would you say that this episode i'm like yeah yeah if it's, it's appropriate if you were watching like a 1950s like b movie that's what they say they're like there's a light on in the cabin at this hour despite oh the i fact, better go check that out in my 90 <laughs> despite the fact that it shows the hour it shows the name projection room on the door. Yeah. And she is wearing a very elaborate bathrobe. Yeah, it's perfect. So she goes on in there. And what is that noise, Kevin? Well, it's, I guess, Kevin and Clay aggressively making out. Because they went to the dark room. And then, oh, Clay just realized he forgot his keys at the movie theater. They went there to make out. Yeah, they went there. At no point, maybe they went to the dark room first, but they went there to make out, and I bet they have done it many times. Yep, but now uh, Veronica lives there. I bet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess I started dating after uh, Clay and the other owner gave it, uh, gave it away. So, uh, no, so what she's, um, Veronica's like, hey, we're going to do this ghost party, and technically, the teens aren't on the street. And I'm like, yeah, good loophole. It's a great loophole. The, the rule said they have... The rule just says they can't be on the street, which means this rule sucks. Yeah. It doesn't have to be home. Just you cannot be outside. That's why the rule should be no dancing in Beaumont. No dancing in Beaumont. Uh, they're going to do a nice, like, 1920s glam, which is 
No, no. I know you're probably going to say, hey, it's only, it's only the 50s. No, no, that's what I was going to oh, say. I was going to say this is funny because it is the equivalent of us right now doing a 90s party. Oh, which I'm very into. And Let's do a 90s party. Yeah. 90, no, there's a lot of 90s parties. Yeah. People were doing 90s parties in 2015. But yeah, I'm like, you know what? I bet in the 50s there were 1920s glam nights because that's far enough away that like teens would be like, oh, I saw photos of the... 20s. It looks so glamorous. Yeah. My pa- I have this dress my mom wore. Yeah. And like we, we still do it now. Yeah. But then I think it's like less of a – it's easier to do because they could just go to like their parents and be like, yeah. can I wear your clothes? Um, no. What I was going to say is they ask Veronica, what is a ghost show? And she gives literally the worst description known to man. Yeah. She's like, oh, well, there will be spooks and extravaganzas and we'll play a movie and there will be a resurrection. <laughs> None of that makes sense to me, Veronica. Nope. So, like, it, it's a show. We're doing a show. So we're doing a party with a show. We're doing a party. We're doing we're doing a dinner and a show. So we're doing an episode of Riverdale. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. She she tells everyone about it at the at the school, and this is where we realize <sighs> that her plan. The reason she was so bad at describing it is because it is. It's vile. and offensive. It's, it's pretty vile. Yeah, it's bad. Um, so, remember this is going to be a resurrection. Uh, they're going to resurrect the four students who died a few years ago. And I, when she said that, I'm like, oh, so, like, somebody's going to be like, hey, this is... Offensive? This is a very fresh wound. It's a small... It's a small town. It's a small town. These people definitely know the families, if not the actual kids who died. These, like, the kids at this high school are probably, like, four years younger than the kids who died. Some yeah. of them were probably babysat by those kids. Yeah. Some of them might even, like, depending on how long a few was, some of them could have been in grade 10 when those kids died. Some of the kids at this school could be siblings of the people who it's, died. It's a small town. And she and, – and, and here's the thing. She is a person from L.A. coming in and being like, yeah, let's puppeteer the corpses of your dead. Like, like it's so gross. It's, it's, it's so exploitative. And, and it's so gross to the point that I'm like, oh, this has to be a thing that comes up. Like someone has to say, Veronica, I, you've gone too far. I'm going to spoil alert right now. It doesn't. Maybe Alice – has that feeling we're going to have to see what next episode does mm-hmm. but it no it, one's do, bothered do, by do, it do the writers not understand how cruel this is and i'm fine if she did it but did but, it but, but someone needs someone to push needed back. to have yeah you this one especially i think because with tabitha that one you could have had jughead be like but Tabitha, that's reading someone's mail. Better lines. That's yeah. someone reading someone's mail. And Tabitha would be like, I know, but we had to know what was going on. Because then you're like, okay, they did something bad. They're aware that it's going on. I like when characters do things that are bad and morally. We've said it And when constantly. characters try to justify them. But there's something about – and th- like if you have a show or a movie that is constantly like, oh, these are bad people, like Succession. Bad people yeah. doing bad things. You don't need to constantly have someone turning to the audience saying – Hey, this is bad. But, but Riverdale never calls their characters out for their bad actions. Yeah. They celebrate them. But they don't celebrate them being like, look at how deliciously evil they are. Hey, hey, hey audience, aren't you horrified? Like by... Dexter or yeah. Hannibal or American Horror Story. Yeah. This this one, though, they, they'll do like just 
not even like evil things, just like tasteless, vile things and just be like, yeah. I just, I feel like there was like a cognitive disconnect in the writers of the show where they were like, no, they're 1950s teens who got murdered. And it's like, yes, they are. But the show also takes place in the 1950s. Yeah, for for us, it is the past future um, of many years ago. And I will say, like, if I went to a party now and they did a resurrection of, like, some kids who died in the 1950s in Calgary, I'd be like, cute, okay. Yeah, but, oh, I I get it. Like, I'm sure there's some people who'll be like, oh, that's tasteless. Um, But But for us, it's like a hitchhiking ghost story. Yeah, like, it's something that definitely would be controversial, uh, or, or I mean, we talked about this last episode. If some, I'm sure there are things where people have done like, "Hey, we are uh, Buddy Holly, the Big Bopper, and Frankie oh, Valens." Yeah, zombie. I, I mean, they are celebrities, so it's a bit of a different situation because of how they do that. Um, and these are like just teens living their lives. But still, like I, that one, you can understand controversial, uh, depending on what's going on. Like that's the same with this thing where you're like. Maybe I feel bad about it. Maybe I'm okay with it. This one, like, how are you okay with this? Yeah, how is anyone okay with this? How are the people who perform this number okay with this? <laughs> the number makes no sense. We'll get there. So Jughead uh, heads off to his, the, what's his name? Mr. Fieldstone? Yeah, that seems right. He is terrible at his job. Last time, he just gave Jughead, like... The rights or the, 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 the mailing address. Yeah, the mailing address, uh, which, to be fair, is online with Tabitha, where they're like, yeah, but one of them's dead. That's what matters. If one of them's dead, everything's open. This time, Jughead's like, hey, Fieldstone, who wrote this story for you? And Fieldstone's like, I don't know. I have no record of that. There's no way to look it up. <laughs> I have no idea who writes any story. We scrub them from existence. I'm like, you are the head editor of this comic. Like, don't you have to keep <laughs> records of who you paid and for what? I mean, like, yeah. <laughs> uh, but hey, good for you, Jughead. All the freelancers will be at the Halloween party, so maybe you can do there. Great. Uh, somehow Tony got uh, roped into helping Veronica with her party. So last episode, Tony, too busy to do anything but be in her literary society. Yeah. This episode aggressively will pursue Cheryl to come to Veronica's party. Yeah, yeah. Hey, we're going to do a performance, and I want you to be there. And Cheryl's like, oh, I don't know. And Tony says a huge thing about, like, oh, we can mask off there. We can mask off there. So masking will be a huge theme, sort of. The the episode wants us to think masks are a theme. They'll keep saying it, and I do not think they land it. Because, no, okay, so what what Tony says is, I just thought you could... Okay, Cheryl says she can't come to the party because yeah. the Vixens always have a sleepover. Yes. And it's tradition and she has to do it. Yeah. And then Tony says, well, I just thought that Halloween is the one day where everyone wears a mask. So perhaps we could take our masks off. Oh, by the way, no one will wear a mask this episode. Except, except for Ethel. And Dilton. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But no one else will wear a mask. So, like, it's half a theme. They say it. It doesn't quite land. Do you think it would land if... Everyone was wearing masks, and that's what made you free to be yourself. Maybe. I, I, I'm i going to be honest. I think you could land the theme. I, I'm i not going to spend that much time. I don't care that much about this theme. We, it's we, dumb. We don't get paid for this. Uh, <laughs> uh, we, we go through a quick things. We see that Coach Frank gives the warning, hey, everybody, no wilding. And Julian's like, hey, everybody, let's wild. And if you don't wild, you're a namby-pamby cream puff. Yep. Thanks, 1950s. <laughs> um. So, so like, they're going to go wilding, but Archie and Betty are going to show Reggie, like, what, 
what is a what's Halloween like? And this is Veronica talking to Betty. Yeah, about Veronica it. and Betty have a catch em up. This is what makes me feel like the the teen death. I don't want to go dwell on it too much. We did for a long time. Um, was recent, kind of recent, because Betty feels like. She talks like someone who did, like, one year of Halloween. She got to have one... Or she, or she got to see, like, Polly do Halloween. Yeah, she knows what fun teenage Halloween is. It's likely these kids are probably the same age as Polly, who is somewhere. I think off at university or yeah. college. Uh, well, because Jason doesn't exist, so she's yes. not pregnant. Yep. Uh, now, Betty is so confused because she has butterflies for Reggie. And I'm like... Do you? No, not butterflies. It, <laughs> Betty... It's not butterflies. I tell you, it's not butterflies. You have a crush on Archie. You want to bone down on Reggie. I mean, this is, I actually quite like this because we have already set up the fact that Betty does not really just like comprehend her emotions. Yeah. And I think she is confusing lust for like romantic attachment. Oh, totally. There's potentially that she's also just horny for Archie. But Reggie is there and cute. Yeah. She's like, oh my God, every, I'm horny for everyone. Like she no, legitimately, every person she sees, except for Julian, naturally. Good. She is she's a horny for. She will be horny for Dilton. Yeah. Um and Veronica's like, well, maybe this is the only reason I don't like this scene is because I thought it was so clear that Betty set up, hey, let's go to a graveyard so she could try to mack on both these boys. Yeah. But then they have Veronica be like, Well, you know, when you're on this trip, maybe you could figure out which one strikes your fancy. I was like, no, Betty already knew that. Shut up, Veronica. Yeah, and honestly, I think Betty should kiss both of them. Yeah, have fun. Yeah. Ha- have some fun, uh, Betty. Kiss them both and decide which one you like and then, you know, do from that. We quickly see that Alice visits the Babylonium uh, to taunt a teenager. Okay, so she's <laughs> mad that Veronica's throwing a party because normally everyone stays home and watches her and Hal host a movie night on their TV station. So Alice and Hal really pushed for this whole, like, no Halloween thing, right? To oh, get, To get people to watch their show? Yes. Cool. Yes, yes. So they, they are the preacher in Footloose. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Ever, Alice, um, just so you know, the Nielsen ratings don't count how many people are in your home physically watching the TV. It doesn't matter that the teenagers are somewhere else. The parents will still watch your show. Yeah, but she just wants everyone to watch her show. Like, I know she like, wants attention. Yeah, I don't think I don't think the like the ratings sure are there. She does say this won't affect my ratings at all because it won't. But she just wants people to watch her show. Like the thought that these teens could be doing something else, and I also think Veronica's right. These teens probably weren't going to watch her show anyway. No, they would do different things in their but home. But Alice likes to think that they would. And so then Veronica's like, "You can't stop me. I'm following the rules." And Alice goes. I won't stop you, but little Missy, you're put on notice. <laughs> you're you're on, you're on the list. Thanks, Alice. Uh, <laughs> God, I hate Alice and I love her. So Jughead has uh, piled himself up with powdered milk, um, and then something that's very frustrating to me because he hears someone walking towards his door, and they didn't put a clinking sound. They they set up clinking. They set up so hard that the signature thing to indicate the milkman is the clinking of bottles. And you could have given the person behind the door something that would clink. Yeah, I I know it's not the milkman. It 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 is a it it's a it's a it's, it's a, a trick. It's like when a cat jumps out. But but usually but you, you think you, the cat's this, a person. This would have been the perfect point to reinforce the clinking because that does become a thing. But. 
this would have been the time to do it. It's just super frustrating because it's such a simple, it's the simplest thing to do. Is the simplest thing to be like, hey, we have set up the clinking of bottles. Jughead is going to get scared thinking the milkman is there. Maybe he should hear bottles clinking. And you could have <sighs> given this person bottles because it is Ethel who escaped from the Sisters of Quiet Mercy through the tunnels. Maybe she, like, stole some water bottles for her runaway. Yeah. yeah it no, wouldn't they're, be hard. They're literally, it, it's, like, it doesn't have to be a good reason why she has bottles. She has a bag of bottles. She has some glass that's clinking together. It's it fine. Make it easy. The specific doesn't matter. And she even will explain it away in the next scene, I'm sure, where she's like, Oh, well, no, this is just some bottles I found in the forest. Well, it should be better than that, but, you know. So um, Jughead brings her into his home, obviously. And he's like, mm-hmm. well, Ethel, now that you ran away from your convent jail, they are going to look for you. What are you going to do? Aaron, what are your feelings on this next sentence you're going to say? The, the sentence where I explain her age? Yeah, how, how, do you, how do you feel about this? Not good. Not good? Okay, carry on. Ethel explains... That it's fine that she ran away, because in a few months, she will be 18. Ethel, an 18-year-old junior. So, okay, let's accept this. I think we have to. Maybe she was held back, even though she's very smart. No, no, here's what I think. I think she's older than them. I think she's a senior. It's, it's... It just makes the most sense, like... You know what? Tabitha doesn't know Ethel. <laughs> yes, I guess we could also blame this on Tabitha. Because it wasn't Ethel in all of... Oh, no, she wasn't... Yes, yes, she was. Uh, to be fair, in the first episode, we're pretty sure Cheryl was supposed to be a senior. Oh, 100%. Um, so. But let's just accept she's going to turn 18 in a couple months. If she's a senior... And, like, she's older than them, but, like, she doesn't get along with the seniors. She just hangs yep. out with Jughead. Um, which makes it – she doesn't hang out with anybody else but Jughead. Yes, and it is October. So, so in she a could couple be a, months, it's January. She has an early birthday. Yeah, she could be a January, February baby. Um, it definitely has happened. Uh, it is weird, though. So, <laughs> But then uh, things get worse. Yeah. So she's going to be 18 soon. She won't be awarded the state anymore. And then she can just disappear. But where will she stay in the interim? Jughead's like, I only know so many sets we have. (laughs) He's like, look, the cops already broke into this train car. But hey, you could live in Ray Bradbury's apartment because he paid rent through the rest of the year. Okay, so that's a couple months, which is fine. But how does he know that? Oh, no, his wife told him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's also been looking through the entire it's, apartment. It's just full of, like, so many conveniences. Well, here's what I got. So he's like, this place has been ransacked by John Law. So clearly it's not safe. What you should stay is, is at a crime cr- scene. You should stay at an empty apartment crime scene that I am actively trying to make an active crime scene. No, Kevin, it's not a crime scene anymore because Sheriff Keller no, closed the case. No, 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 but that's what I'm saying. It's... It, 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 it is a crime scene That's because true. Jughead knows the milkman was there. And he is his current goal, his goal is to make it an active crime scene. If he succeeds in what he wants to do, the police will go back to that apartment to look closer. Don't worry. In the time, <laughs> Ethel will have turned up some evidence. He hopes. Like, <laughs> here's the problem. Jughead, despite being in the body of a 27-year-old man... Has the brain of a sixteen-year-old. Like, I, here's like, the other option is obviously she stays in the train, train car and he stays in the apartment, which is also also a problem because 
John Law. Well, yeah, they're definitely going to be like, hey, Ethel escaped. She has one friend. Let's go keep an eye on his train car. But the, the other answer cannot be this apartment. I mean, it maybe it'd be good if Jughead moves into the apartment and Ethel stays in the train car. Maybe not now because she has to go for a while to let the police come by and search yeah. the train car. But then Jug- the Jug is just like, well, I live in the apartment now, man. That's where I live. <laughs> it's... It's paid up to the end of the year, even though you have to imagine that landlord is going to try to break that lease so he can get a new tenant in yeah. there and not leave it if vacant. He, he knows Bradbury is dead. <laughs> and I know death doesn't break a lease, but, but surely, he try. He's, yeah, surely he's like, no, no, no. I want someone in there because I'm a landlord and someone needs to be in that apartment for the next three months. But anyway, no one's asking any of these questions. No. Instead, Jughead's going to go out and find a mask for Ethel. Not so she can wander the town and have a life, so she can help him investigate. Now, admittedly, wandering a town and having a life with a mask on only works for one night. Yeah, but maybe she needs a life for one night. <laughs> if Her it life was, has been hard. She's going to a party. Yeah, but not the fun party. No, she goes to a fun party. When we're at the Actually, party. it is a fun party. When we're at the party. It's very fun. Oh, and only Jughead is at, talking to people. I think Ethel got there. And got drunk. And got drunk. <laughs> uh, so I guess we have to check in on Midge. Midge uh, has a storyline this episode, and it's the only storyline <laughs> Midge ever gets, she, which is... She has she has an eighth of a storyline. <laughs> Midge's storyline at all times is, I want to see Fangs perform. And, and here's the thing I'm going to say. I'm fine with that because she is... A reoccurring character. She's not yeah. even a supporting character. She's a tertiary character. She's a reoccurring character. And when you're at that level, you only really need one storyline. I'm going I'm just gonna be honest. When you're that when you're that small of a character, if they want to give you a bit more things, that's cool. But like Fangs has one storyline, which is I want to be a rock star so I can be with my girlfriend. So uh Midge approaches Cheryl in the school bathroom. I don't want to go to the slumber party. I want to see Fangs, the ghost show. Now, would it be better if she hadn't just seen him perform last episode? Yeah, but she loves her boy so much. She loves Um, him so much, and also she has his baby in her tummy. And Cheryl's like, "Mm, no, I don't care about your greaser boyfriend. And then she's like, actually. I want to go to the party. How about we let Evelyn host that terrible girl, that terrible grown, that adult woman (laughs) pretending to be a teenager. Uh, And how about we do that and then me and you go to the party together and in her her words, and we'll never tell people what we did or what we saw. Now, Cheryl, (laughs) sure, except for the fact that neither of them will wear masks. Yeah. So they're instantly recognizable. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but anyway. I do, I do like how they're, they're, they're both. Now, I do not believe Cheryl knows anything that Midge knows a secret. I think, like, that Midge has a secret. Yeah. But Midge definitely, like. Knows that Cheryl has a oh, secret. And I, I think she fully knows what it is, but she's not going to be like, I know your secret. She's going to be like, maybe we can fight in each other. When they said, how about we can fight each other tomorrow night? I was 95% sure Midge was going to die. You oh, don't, yeah. You don't do that. You don't do... You don't make a uh, Halloween pact. Hey, why don't we tell each other our secrets? But let's do it after we go for a walk in the woods. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's how you die. Uh, but no, Midge definitely has to know. She went to Centerville with Cheryl and Tony. And it would be very weird that Tony was there considering Cheryl's feelings on greasers. And feelings on... Like, like, yeah. Also, there's no way that they didn't like feel on each other, like, like right? Like Tony, I mean, I, it, it's possible they didn't. Um, 
Because, like, Tony's in this beat poetry gang with Fangs. They're both in the Serpents. <laughs> Mitch has to definitely be like, yeah, these two are dating. So then there's a very short scene where all the adults are like, hey, Jughead, where's Ethel? And he's like, yeah. I don't know. I'm a sassy teen. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're like, we're going to search the train. Guys, like, yeah, whatever. Do it. I don't care. Uh, we get some costumes now. So Molly Ringwald and Andrews made their costumes, I guess, real quick. Very She's, quick. She is very talented. Well, you know, she only has a part-time job, so. Yes. Uh, and she's, and so, like, they're both kind of, like, talking about the Betty thing. And I like how Reggie's like, I'm getting vibes from Betty. You know, like, vibrations. And Archie's like, well, you know, I'm also getting vibrations. I'm like, yeah, Archie, you got the vibrations of her clothes hitting the ground. Yeah. Archie, <laughs> everyone knows that's why she got grounded and then had to dance on TV. I, I like how we've always reverted to this thing where Archie's like, well, I just, I don't know if Betty likes me or not. I'm like, she stripped for you. And it was a happy stripping, <laughs> not a sad stripping. Yeah, she did a happy stripping. Like, I understand being like, oh, well, are they flirting? But once someone takes off their clothes to you to show you lingerie in their, in the window and you are going to also take off your clothes, once you mutually ship for each other, you can, you can just assume that there's something going on there. Also, you <laughs> asked her on a date and then she asked you on two dates last episode, Archie. <laughs> yeah. So they're going to do this. Um, Archie suspects there's a horny plan. She's like, well, maybe she's bringing us there to like, hey, uh, like figure out which one's going to be. And it's cool. They kind of agree. They're going to be cool. Yeah. Whoever she goes to, the other one will just back off. I'm like, these guys' friendship is great. Let's talk about the costumes, though. Okay. So um, Reggie. No, let's do Archie first. Sure. Archie's Archie's a cowboy. cowboy. I, I thought he might be turning into a specific cowboy but like i thought maybe like oh well maybe he's i think magnificent eight no i think it was after this uh magnificent seven oh yeah uh, i was after this um but he's just a generic cowboy and um reggie at first appears as kind of like a superhero spaceman costume i mean he's I, buck rogers right? he's not buck rogers um he he was no he's not buck rogers buck Is rogers he- is dressed in white Oh. He's he is just generic pulp space hero. Okay. His gun is like the classic thing where it's like like a bolt like the the Futurama gun. Actually, it's it's very cute because they do a little like gun show off yeah. with their, like different guns. Yeah, he's like he's like a Buck Rogers, Flash Gordon, like that. I he, But they just didn't his, commit. His costume looks like maybe I've seen it on the cover of one of those like 1950s space advent like pulp space okay. adventure space opera stuff. So maybe that is what he is, but he's not Buck Rogers because Buck Rogers is um, dressed all in white. I didn't know Buck Rogers, so I just assumed like maybe well, they, they, he calls he calls him Buck Rogers. Yeah, but I think he's just making a joke of this, like a space. This, this is the thing. type of character you are. Um, but yeah, so that's that's what they're doing. I, it really feels like the actors are having fun here too. They do like to draw at each other. I they know. Draw again. God, KJ Appa is having so much fun this season. Like specifically him. Yeah. All right. So uh, Jughead and Ethel arrive to look around the party. Ethel is just sort of like wears a, like a cult mask. It's very. I, she's just a vague. She thing. looks like the Purge. Yeah. Uh, Jughead. Then she, well, then she takes the mask off immediately, and it's like, hey, this is Ethel. I'm like, so not keeping her a secret, huh? Well, the adults don't know who she is. It's just the teens in the school. These people have to know about the whole Ethel thing. The Muggses. Thing. Yeah, they're like a horror comic. Okay, but it's 1950s. There's no TV. <laughs> but they're a horror comic, and there's, like, news. It was a big thing. Anyway, anyway uh, Jughead um, is a hobo. Yeah, which 
Yeah, yeah. of course he is. Uh, so he's going to go checking around. Uh, we do get a quick glance of the whole, like, shock, whatever, you that, that TV show that they do. Yes. Um, I want to give a quick shout out to uh, uh, Matchin Amick. Yeah. Amick. Um, and I cannot remember the name of the actor who plays Hal, but he's in a lot of things. Their, their stilted TV talking <laughs> is fantastic. so good. And it's hard as actors to do bad acting. Um, they do it so well. They're st- there's weird, stilted, hey, we're having a fun banter is so funny. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Dilton, apparently, I guess because he's short enough. Oh, yes. Yeah, so Dilton is also there. He's pretending to be the child that they're taking trick-or-treating. And he will wear like a pumpkin Yeah, full-face pumpkin mask because I, I don't think he is young enough to be on the child thing. I think he's just short enough. That they, that they can, can pretend. They can be like, yeah, no, he's a, uh, he's like 12. Yeah, we're, we're taking our little brother out. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Betty is, I first thought, a milkmaid. I thought so too. Or like Gretel? Yeah. I thought, so, thought like G- German milkmaid. Yeah. She is Goldilocks. And which... then she says, and I quote, because, you know, Goldilocks looks at three beds and can't decide which one's for her. Like, so she's also horny. Did she just invite Dilton along as like a... Maybe you bring Dilton along. I'm I'm figuring stuff out here. Dilton was the only one she didn't make out with in her first fantasy. I know. She said she got aroused by the volcano. But, you know, Dilton says you can't turn down someone like Betty. So she there, did. There is a sub, a very, like, a very subtle theme of potentially the three bears. And I'll hit it when it happens. Because, we. I mean, I'll do it right now. Because we get one trick-or-treating. And then Julian... Is wilding. He is wilding. He, he, he is. He leans outside the side of his car, no mask on, shouting as loud as he can, swinging a baseball bat at um, at pumpkins, but also mailboxes and, yeah, and mailboxes. And the street is full of kids and their parents. I mean, I he's he, I, his he, dad is the mayor. He, his dad is the mayor. But you gotta think that this would get him in trouble with his dad, because there's no way that people are going to be like. Oh, well, his dad's the mayor, and that's a position no. that's not elected. No, they'd be like, hey, mayor. <laughs> Your son is terrible. The kids, the teens can't go out. And look, he's he's terrorizing the kids. Like The whole thing about having a corrupt mayor is that if his son is openly flaunting things, that son gets in trouble. Because yep. the mayor doesn't want to be seen as, like, corrupt. You know, Julian might end up murdered, just yeah. like his twin, Jason. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, this, however, instantly makes Dilton flee because he's wearing a, wearing a pumpkin mask. So I guess you could say Dilton was too soft. <gasps> Ooh. Right, we're going to check out the ghost uh, show. It is Fangs. He's dressed as Dracula. And he's singing like a very like Latin 1950s rock song. Yeah. I, uh, oh, I recognize it. I just didn't write it down. Yeah, it's just like not his it, usual it, style. It feels like... It still also feels like a novelty song. It feels like it's not the Monster Mash, but, but it's, it's very like close to the Monster Mash. Mash. I uh, also love the Veronica's party. It's like very cool and looks very fun, yeah. but it is full of silly string. Oh, I also want to point out that uh, she said, hey, it's 1920s glam. That um, that theme People will, took it very will not seriously. hold. Yeah, but only them. Nothing else will hold to that because Fangs is Dracula and the show they put on later is just 1950s. And, and Veronica, Veronica is dressed up like Lady Frankenstein for yeah. now. Yeah. And then she'll just change into like a, honestly, like a 30s type suit. So 
<laughs> so she told everyone the theme and they didn't hold to the theme. That's classic Veronica, though, and I love it. Yeah. I'm here for that girl boss. So, uh, Cheryl does arrive, um, and Tony's like, "Oh, you're gonna, you're here. Oh, well, that's great. She's gonna be part of the performance." What were they going to do if she didn't arrive? And how does she know how to do the entire performance? So I can't answer the second question. But the first is Veronica was going to do all the parts. Oh, I guess. And she gave herself. A, oh, I mean, no, she just do Cheryl's parts. No, I think she would have done Cheryl's part and then stepped out to also do her part. Well, that's two parts. Yeah. yeah. You said all the parts. Oh. <laughs> Which I thought would be like, yeah, with Cheryl's not there, it's just going to be Veronica. <laughs> all Maybe. four coffins. Uh I mean, here's what I'll give you. She's a performer. You, you could potentially be like, hey, okay, here's the thing. Here's what we're singing. Here are your lines. You have 30 minutes. There's also, like, not re- – there is choreography, but it's not, like, um, synchronized. No, it's just – I mean, there are some synchronized parts, but they could have just taught her those things. Uh, we check in with Jughead. He talks to, like, a wild array of people. Some people are like, oh, The Milkman's the greatest show story ever. Other people are like, nah, I didn't really like it. But then he talks to a man – who should be the coroner because he's just a guy dressed as the shadow. Yeah. Yeah. I think he, I think he's the shadow, like not, or the, not the shadow, whoever the one that Billy Zane played. Is that the shadow? Is that not the shadow? No, no. The shadow is the hat and that, the phantom. Oh, yes. He's the phantom. Uh, I think he's the phantom uh, just because like he has his like cowl thing on. It doesn't uh, really matter. Anyway, he's like, yeah, it's pretty good. Anyway, it was written by Ted. You know, Ted. Ted Sullivan. Ted Ted Sullivan. He committed suicide immediately because he was like, can't write anything as good as the Milkman. And the funny thing is, like, I I am actually quite enjoying this Milkman thing. It feels like there's a lot of stuff going on here. Because you're like, okay, so did the Milkman kill him? Or did he legitimately kill himself? Yeah. Like, like, it's weird because Muggses were stabbed and... Uh, Rayberry was suicided, but, but so also was, so was Ted. Yeah, so like there's interesting stuff going on here, and it's at this point vague enough that I'm giving it leeway because I'm like interesting, interesting. Also, this is a world that could have magic. Oh no, for a hundred percent has magic. So his book, his comic story, could have made the milkman exist. That is true. Um, these there these also. It's it, it's way too much to not be a thing that's important. He spends the latter half of this conversation explaining how the milkman is a metaphor. It's a metaphor for how the enemy is at home. It's not out there in Russia or the communists. The enemy is here. Yeah. And Jug is like, huh? Yeah, we know. We know the characters have to bend towards good. <laughs> Thank you, Riverdale. The first episode told us that. And guess what? They're not doing it this episode. I, I'm going to argue, though, having him say it is better <laughs> than, ta- it than is Tabitha better. explain it to a guy before he wipes his, she wipes his memory. I know. Now it's going to stick. Um, so we head to the graveyard, and this is the weirdest slash worst graveyard ever. <laughs> All of these graves are, like, lit up with, like, little fairy lights. Not someone what I was talking about. They're just randomly spread out. They are. That's true, The thing true about too. graveyards is they're usually, like... Lined up because you have plots that you. But pay instead, for. it feels like these person just did this graveyard like it was jazz. <laughs> like, no man, bury them whenever they want. Hey, this is actually an above ground mausoleum. 
put it in the middle of a circle of graves. Look, it's the 1950s. We don't care. Let's make <laughs> teenagers stand on this mausoleum so they can howl at the moon. It's not like more people are going to die and we're going to have to worry about that. We're all invincible now. Let's bury bodies on top of each other. I like the idea that, yeah, they're all this just... Like that got that like fifties mindset. They're like the future doesn't matter. Everything's gonna be fine. Spray the the world full of aerosols. Use gas, gas all the time. Drink gas. Uh, but yes, they um Julian drives <laughs> by after Reggie and uh, Betty are like howling about wolves and, and how Reggie's, Reggie's an like, alpha. Like oh yeah, well uh, maybe they just recognize. There's a lot of wolves around me and they don't scare me because maybe they recognize me as an alpha. Uh, and I just could not stop thinking about how that entire article that like talked about wolves alphas got totally debunked. Yeah, but I mean, by this, the guy who wrote the article. Yeah, um, but hey, not yet. Actually, this might even before that. I think the article came out after this. Episode. Yeah, it's weird him saying alpha. I I did not look up if vibe also was a thing at the time. Oh, yeah. I would not be surprised, honestly, if it was. It beat. probably was. It sounds like beat slang. And the fifties love breves. Um, but you're wondering, like, hey, where's Archie? Well, where do you think Archie is? Archie has his dad's grave. Thinking about his dad. Hey, because uh, it's Riverdale. Fun fact about this grave. I and, and bless him. I think the show made the right choice. The grave of Fred something Andrews has no dates on it. Great choice, Riverdale. It's, Thank it, you. It's weird, but it's much better than you deciding how old he was when he died and exactly when that was. Just leave it vague. Can you imagine if it said, like, Frederick Andrews, born 1905, died 1952? <laughs> it's just a question mark. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, Archie... Is there? He's talking about his dad. Um, and you know what? As silly as this is, it it shows what I think they want to show. Reggie is cool alpha guy, and Archie is sensitive sad boy. And in this situation, they made from the comics. They made mm-hmm. Betty Archie, Reggie Veronica, and Archie Betty. Yeah, because because Be- Archie is the. Boy next door, and down home. He has the history. He talks about his dad always took them trick-or-treating. Now, obviously, like, Reggie isn't the rich kid, but he is the self-possessed, like... Confident. Confident. And he's not normally, but in this episode, he's been confident. Yeah. Betty is Archie. Archie is Betty. Reggie is Veronica. Yeah. And Reggie instantly feels the vibes between Archie and Betty. And he's like, hey, like, we made a deal. I got to support that deal. <laughs> yeah. Technically, he doesn't leave until after they go to the haunted house, which is Ethel Muggs' house. Sure is. A crime scene from a month ago. The worst part, though, of this scene, it was when Betty's like, well, we're here. I'm going to go look for some 11-up. Yeah, no. Um, Them going to the house, I'm like, yeah, you know what? Yeah. Like, this... We've we talked at length about the terribleness of other stuff. This is ter- This is a like a bad thing to do, but it feels more in line with with like, teenagers. And this feels like something that's like you don't really need to tell the audience, like, hey, they broke into a house. It's kind of weird because they also don't like the thing about the show that Veronica does. It is celebrated. Mm-hmm. It is celebrated, and they love it and they think it's great. This one is just like yeah, three teens broke into a house. Where they know someone was murdered on Halloween night, yeah, it, um, I'm, I'm, it's not ideal. It's, it's 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 not ideal, but it's perfectly fine for these characters to do. If they were real human beings, I would be like, "Hey guys, that's 
come on. But they're characters in a show, and I like when characters in a show do bad things. I just find Betty going to get the 11 oh, ups. That, the, that is so it, weird. It's so weird. I, I, it's so. Um, my. Um, just, I, I think her justification in her head is like, well, Ethel, Ethel lived in my house. So. I'm, oh, I just thought is that she knows there's 11 up in the fridge because she came here to get Ethel's stuff that one time. That's where she got the book true. from. Like, I think. I think. Uh, Betty feels a certain amount of I can come here because I was sent here by I'm supposed Ethel. to come here. I'm supposed to come here. Uh, so yeah, Reggie says he's going to cut out. It actually, it's very sweet. It's so sweet. Um, it's, I loved but, it. But I guess you could say Reggie was too hard. But Ooh. Archie, well, he's just right. He's just right. He's soft and hard. It's, Heyo. That's okay uh <laughs> i'm just gonna argue you don't want a bed that's soft and hard you want a bed that's just right if you had a bed that was both soft and hard that would be an insane thing to sleep on <laughs> but what if it was like in the right places for like your back pain needs yeah so archie is just right as i said maybe a theme meanwhile uh, yeah, let's quickly, let's quickly boris karloff is veronica's godfather i'm at this point i believe she lies about everything she says uh she's going to return the four riverdale high the dead riverdale high students to life sure and those are tony cheryl clay and kevin i imagine if footloose ended with Kevin Bacon putting on a drag show where he acted like John Lithgow's daughter. And that was his, like, here's how I'm going to dance back to this town. I'm dressing up like your dead daughter. Just so you know. I know, I know, but but that's not, but he doesn't dress up like her. No, no, Ariel is John Lithgow's daughter. She's alive. John Lithgow has a dead son. Oh, it does sound, It doesn't matter. Anyway, what is very important about this scene, just so you know, yeah. which I know you don't know, is this song is from Rocky Horror Show. Oh, it's like an early one. Came out I, in 1973. Um, I mean, I, I did say earlier on that I'm fine with when songs are anachronistic. I don't like when references are, and this doesn't feel to me... Like a ref, like it's it's not an in world someone referencing it. Someone's on like, hey, that's the song from Rocky Horror Picture Show. It's just I guess when Tabitha sent them back, she also inserted the songs from Rocky Horror into it, their heads. It's it's just so far off. Rocky Horror Picture Show, the movie, yeah, came out in seventy five. Yeah, the stage play came out in seventy three. It's not even close. Why aren't they just singing the Monster Mash? Because I think that came out later as well. I know. The, I but mean, like... As I, as I said, this one doesn't bug me. No, it bugged me so much. <laughs> it doesn't bug me as much because it is not a in-world reference. I do not think they in the show know that this is a song from Rocky Horror Picture Show. I think we... Remember when Betty came down the hallway and like 80s trance music played? No, I... I, mean, I, I was diegetic. more okay with that. I mean, yeah, it's all, it is non-diegetic. Um... And this goes on for so, so long. They do the full song. Um, I want to point out that I don't like that Clay is good at this. I'm fine with Clay being an unreasonably sexy poet uh, because, like, we, like he is very, like, toned because uh, that's teen drama nonsense. Uh, but everybody in this show is a consummate performer, and the show isn't isn't average. Like, on average, when you t- take the average of camp, it's yeah. not campy enough to be like, and of course... 
Like, you never suspect everyone in the school is a professional dancer. That's the thing. It should have been Fangs and Kevin. Yeah. And Tony. And it should have been planned to be someone else. Yeah. And then Cheryl steps in. And then it ends with Cheryl and Tony doing a kiss in front of all of their school colleagues now, except for the Vixens. Now, admittedly, Cheryl does have a pretty good um, idea at the end where she's just like, well, if anyone asks, I just like... Lie. Just for the show. I mean, with her mom, that's not going to land. No. But, but, like, with, I imagine with everyone else, they'll just be like, it was a weird thing to do. I mean, the, t- the teens, I think our basic feeling is the teens are progressive except for Evelyn. <laughs> but, <laughs> and luckily, Julian is busy wilding. Yeah. Uh, it, is a, it is a very wild thing to do. Uh, but you know what? She is right. This is something that you could argue of being like, we were we were crossing barriers in the show. I'm not actually, but hey. I think I would have preferred, though, if they were wearing masks. And she was like, I felt so free because I wasn't myself. Oh, you know, I agree. If they wanted to actually hit that theme, they should have had half masks. Yeah. Yeah. And just be like that. I'm in the middle of this. Alice will arrive. After the kiss. Yes. Um, and she'll see Veronica mm, singing the second half of the song. Yeah. Um, and... It, her expression is hard to tell. It's funny because she has the shock, like her hair is all crazy because they did their shock show. Yeah. Um, so like when she turns around, she looks like, you know, she was electrocuted and stunned. And so it's unclear if she's mad because they're sexy. Yeah. Or if she's mad because they're successful. Or if she, or if maybe she is mad because it's, hey, these are those dead kids. But it's so unclear when she, she arrives that they are those teens because they're just dressed in like generic Cheerleader, cheerleader football costume. Nope. I would nope. argue not football costumes. Clay is in shorts. Yeah, because he has it. he has taken off his sport jacket. <laughs> yeah. Uh Kevin is wearing a white tank top and pants. Did he also take off his sport jacket? I think he was wearing a sport jacket when he came out. But Clay anyway. is literally wearing like it looks like swim trunks. Yeah. Alice <laughs> doesn't know. She didn't hear Veronica's announcement they were but, resurrecting the dead teens. But if she does come back next episode knowing that. I will give it to her because it's it's a it's a, it's a fine enough shorthand. It's a fine enough shorthand that if she like made that assumption, I'm not gonna bug them on. But how did she know? She didn't hear the introduction. It's fine. It's fine. It's a good she shorthand. She also could have asked someone like whatever. Yeah, exactly. Meanwhile, um, Reggie right. is walking home from that haunted house and yeah. up rolls Julian, who's like, "Let's wild." Yeah, they have masks now, and it looked like they were going like smack Reggie with the bat. Uh, but Reggie, he's so heartbroken, he's going to break bad. He's going to go wild in Greendale. Ooh. Uh, so Archie and Betty are still in Ethel's house. Sitting on I, someone's bed. It's definitely Ethel's bed. Because yeah, uh, this, looks, this looks like the room that they Oh, yes. Yes. Because uh, that's where Veronica, or sorry, Veronica. That's Ar- where Betty and feels Jughead. safe going. Yes. Uh, I thought the cops were going to break in because... They think Ethel escaped. Yeah. So why wouldn't they check her house? That's but, actually not what happens. No, there's a clink, clink, clink. Hey, maybe you should have used that earlier. I mean, I understood what it was, obviously, because I was angry about it earlier. Yeah. But then the milkman's at the window, <gasps> and the milkman's gone. And then and as they leave. Betty's like, no, seriously, Archie, I saw a milkman. We should go. Uh, then as they leave, there is milk on the counter. Look, Ooh. this is a good sign of how to do, like, this kind of campy, weird horror by being like, oh, yeah, it's a milkman. So you know milk-based things are evil. Mm-hmm. And it's funny. Not funny. I mean, it's interesting to take that and be like, 
yeah, there's milk on the counter. Nuji would be like, huh? But because they set up, Milkman is evil. You're like, ooh, ooh, there's milk on the counter. Also, earlier when Betty got, so she didn't find 11-Up, she found orange soda. Yeah. It was warm. Yeah. <gasps> because there's Maybe. no cooling things in this house. And if there was a rancid milk when they got there, they would know. Yeah, I guess you can also do that. I think it just goes, they showed it on the counter. So many things. Uh, so uh, Veronica has decided that she wants to do a weekly midnight movie. Uh, and Kevin and Clay are like, that's cool, great. we're glad you're happy. <laughs> Why are you living here? And she's like, oh, no, the Pembroke's getting renovated. My life is so cool and so chill. Ask me literally no questions ever. Thank you. I do like how she lies. I, that's why I think that the more she lies, the happier I am because I want to make her all all of herself be lies. Oh, Boris Korolov's my grand, my godfather. Everything's a lie. Um, I cannot skip over this. I know we're over time, but no, we can fine. skip over this. She calls Jughead, not Jughead, Kevin and Clay the Hardy Boys. They're brothers. They're the back. No. Oh, they're the Baxter brothers. They're the Baxter brothers. The Hardy Boys don't exist. A couple episodes ago, Betty said Tracy True. Yes. Oh, my God. And Tracy True is a spinoff of the Baxter brothers. What do you think? Carmelo Mendez. Yes. Improv this line and no one thought about it. Or do you think the writers wrote this line and no one thought about it? Different writers. It's... It's it's the Baxter brothers. Yeah. You you can't have both of them. I under I understand the Baxter brothers means a connection with Jughead and his dad. I, I mean, we already referenced Tracy True. Just don't say Hardy Boys. You can't say Hardy Boys. Just Legally, say, you can't just say Hardy say, Boys. Hey, Columbos. What? <laughs> hey, Mumbos. Hey, Columbos is also way too soon. Sure. Sherlock I, Holmes would be the. Would be the I I can't think of a Sherlock pun though. I'm Sherlock Holmes. She just calls him the Hardy Boys. Oh, that's true. It's not a pun. <laughs> she doesn't make a pun. I, I was trying to make a Riverdale. So what's the Riverdale version of Sherlock? Herlock Chomes, which is actually a thing. Um, <laughs> anyway. Anyway, that is bug. That is uh, terrible. So, and it's followed up by another terrible scene where I guess Midge and Fangs told Cheryl that they're pregnant. She's like, cool. I love teen pregnancy. Yeah. I'm delighted for your news. Your life will in no way be hard with your interracial teen pregnancy in the night in 1955 uh yeah i mean teens <laughs> maybe they're happy maybe they yeah yeah whatever. and then she says her lie about the kiss but someone is listening to this conversation i don't know how much she's listening i think she might have just been watching and got assumptions because uh cheryl and tony grab hands and Cheryl and Midge lied and said that they had influenza. Okay, but why is this person here? This person's Evelyn. Why oh, is she at Pops? Oh, I, I, yes. I think because she got kicked out of her own party because she's terrible. Because <laughs> uh, she's a grown woman. I have a, I have a lot of reasons for why she's there. Um, she got kicked out of her party because she's on terrible. She's getting food for the party. If you want a real one, she got, she's getting food for the party. Yeah. Um, because it's a sleepover. So yeah. Hey everyone, I'm gonna go to Pops and get us all some milkshakes. We so, all need burgers. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, uh, then things will be happen. Betty and Archie have the talk at the door, but Alice interrupts. Veronica lights candles from the dead. I it kind of reaffirms to me that I do not think Hermione and Hiram were, Hiram were from Riverdale because it feels like we like they are such big TV stars. It feels like somebody would mention that, especially but, we have two TV people. But Alice called. Hermione. Oh, I am still willing to believe that was an insane thing that Al. I mean, she is Alice, TV contacts. She does think she's the. She called. She called right. the network. Uh, Jughead drops Ethel off, and then as he's heading down, there's that quote unquote 
crazy cat lady, just a woman with a cat. And the woman with the cat's like, oh my god, I thought you might be the milkman. I heard- he came back. I heard him like 30 seconds ago. And I was and like, no, he runs down. I want to give a quick shout out here. Yeah. Um, to there's some actually amazing shots in this episode. Yeah. Um, the one where uh like Reggie closes the door and it opens up with Veronica's locker. Um, the thing where she's like there's some like tries in the hall. This one specifically, Jughead is slamming into the uh the door and yeah. the camera's moving with him. It's, it's so very good. impactful. And when he comes through, <gasps> blood. But, but it's, it's the, the milkman who's dead. The milkman is dead. Ethel has a knife and she's like, I told you there was a milkman. I, I, I think Ethel, I still think the milkman killed Ethel's parents. Oh, yeah. Um, because, like, how are they going to, like, explain this? Because Ethel is still on the run. So, like, they can't, like, just fully be like, oh, yeah, Ethel killed the milkman. See? Because yeah. there's still no evidence there. I believe she just got a drop on him. But it's so weird. Like, is there going to be, like, is he undead? Is he weird? Well, and this is this is episode 11. Yeah. So what I would argue there's probably still, like, two episodes until a break. Yeah. And I would think after episode 13, that's where we, like, skip to a different time. So I, I'm excited. Um. <laughs> Oh, but there's one more. I know. I'm just saying. I love the, the, that you said. And I know that is a thing that we heard from Roberto. He could literally be referring to the last episode is now the 1950s. I, I just think it's time to like hit. Wouldn't it be fun if they hit like 1970s Archies or I, like the 90s Archies? Here's the, here's the only thing I would say. At this point, it's been too long to do more than two. That's true. It's just been too long to do more than two. You spent too much time in the 50s for it to do that. Because are you going to reset every single time? Uh, so... Uh, this is in the end because Frank wakes Archie up. I mean, he's like, Archie, there's been an accident. A car of bulldogs went into the river. And I'm like, does no one in this town know how to drive across bridges? <laughs> These kids are so bad at driving okay. across a river. Well, no. So I'm thinking about Footloose, not this show. In Footloose, the car was full of drugs and alcohol. Yeah, they're... They just said that they were like having a time. You could have assumed that is like an implication that maybe they're drugs and alcohol. They did seem to just seem like no, nah. like they were they were partying on or like they were wilding on that night, and then they drove into a river and all died. But anyway, Archie ends up being like, "Is anyone dead? Do we does he is there any survivors? Are there any survivors? That's a weird question. Wait, that phrase. And Frank that. says we don't know yet. I guess you could argue that is like a pot. You're like, I want to know who lived. <laughs> And then the camera pans over to Reggie's empty cot. Because when Reggie lives in the Archie's household, he gets a bed. Unlike Jughead. I think Jughead got another room. No, Jughead slept on the floor of Archie's room. Eventually he was able to sleep outside. Uh, I have no trust in anything this dramatic. No one's dead. I think Julian will be injured. I think Reggie will be injured. Um, I think maybe those other two bulldogs will be dead. They could kill the two rando bulldogs. That's true. We've never seen them before, and we'll never see them again. Exactly. Um, but, yeah. I mean, I, I'm going to hope they have the very least injured them. Um, there is a there is a chance they just spooked them, and this is, once again, the weirdest bait and switch. Or they could be injured, but this uh, city has a magic hospital. Or it's another car of bulldogs. Oh, God. Unrelated. Unrelated to Reggie and Juliet. <sighs> All 
All right, Aaron. Yes, Kevin. So that was episode. Did you find yourself a CW moment? Did I find a CW moment? Did I find a moment where Logic really wanted to do a Halloween episode, but they already used that, so they had to come up with a very forced-in pun? Halloween. You know, I got it. I did. And it's the fact that they, like, devoted episode time to talking about the fact that when Molly Ringwald Andrews made the costumes, she just got so weepy because it was the last time she'll be able to make Halloween costumes. I guess until, until she, she has, has grandkids. Like, okay. Okay, Riverdale. A, they're juniors, <laughs> not seniors. And B, yeah, we know the Archie and Betty not wanting to have kids slash wanting to have kids thing is a thing. Yeah. It just feels like every single time they talk about the um, Andrews family, they have to make someone sad. Especially Molly Ringwald. Like, like Arch, Archie's things bring about Archie's dad. He's sad about, about his dad. Molly Ringwald is just sad about anything that goes on. Molly um, Ringwald can't function as, like, a human woman. Oh, I was going to argue, weeps. potentially, you know what? I think Molly Ringwald actually might have been right about uh, taking away Archie's car. Because apparently no one in this town can drive across a river. Hey, Kevin, do you have a CW moment? Um, I don't understand why Betty was horny for Dilton. So uh, <laughs> if you're interested in – that's it. I have nothing more to say no, about you're that. No, you're correct. That is I, I don't understand right why she was temporarily horny for Dilton, uh, except for the fact that she is horny Betty, the best Betty that there is. It's true. Uh, hey, Aaron, wrap up this episode. So if you would like to give us a rating, review, and subscription, give it to us on Apple Podcast or your podcaster of choice. And uh, – you know, hit us up on the social media. We're talking about Riverdale. We're doing teen drama stuff. We want to talk to you. It's Podcast MOA, Podcast MOA at Instagram, at Twitter, and at gmail.com. And as a quick reminder, once again, uh, our teen drama TV show play is going up at the Common Ground Festival 6 uh, at the Pump House Theater. It is called Riverona, Episode 1, Two Households. It is on June 24th. And June 28th, that is the Saturday and the Wednesday. And if you're not in Calgary, just like follow the Full Circle Theater social media for like some cool sneak peeks. Yeah. Uh, So yeah, you can get your tickets at pumphousetheater.ca. That is in one week. So we'll have one more episode where we'll tell you to do this. And then I guess technically you would have the second show. Yeah. So (laughs) that is coming up. Come see us. We're good actors and we care about teen dramas. And we'll talk to you and see you next week. What happened between the milkman and Ethel? Who survived the car crash? Who will horny Betty be horny for next? For answers to all this and more, join us next week on Mystery Outsiders and Abs. A teen drama fan cast? <laughs>